Through the lens of loving local and seeing global, we obsessively search for people whose stories need to be told and how OKC played a supporting role. Hosted by Katherine Bexton and Emmy Cobes, welcome to Action City. Emmy. Hi, Catherine. I'm so excited to see you. I know. Well, should we tell? Well, so our listeners might not know that we're currently on Instagram Live. Instagram Live. Oh, right. Because this will be attached onto the beginning of the podcast on Thursday. Just breaking all these walls. We really are. We're really just <laughs> mixing it up. But we're on Instagram Live. We're at Prairie Surf Media, which yes. is the old Cox Convention Center. And we're sitting in a ballroom. and we're, Which will be a stage. Which will be a stage. Which will be... Hopefully, filming TV. Well, no, streaming. they said that this stage will be for action scenes because they'll oh, have right. the green screens and the people with the little dots on them. Whatever that means, I it's don't very know. technical. Emmy, I think in like a Marvel movie, you know, oh, when yes, it's like yes, all yes. like uh, what CGI, GCI. Yes, yes. What is it? I don't know. We don't have the experts here with us right now. But you guys, this room is huge. And it's especially huge when there's a teeny tiny little table in here. Yeah, we're sitting at a little table in the middle of it. And with some microphones. (laughs) I mean, you can't imagine how much equipment, I guess, you could fit in here. The ceilings are really high. So we're so excited to be here. And we're going to do our pit and peak, I guess. We already started. We're starting. Let's do it. What's your pit and peak? Give me the update. Okay. So... Pit this week was probably so we've been a lot more social lately, which has been really fun, right? But at dinner, so we got, went out both nights again this weekend, which is huge for us. We have not gone out both nights in a weekend consistently. Are you exhausted? I mean, that's so like so tired. <laughs> but that'll so show tired. your age for sure. Um, but we were at dinner on Saturday, and I was I was with somebody I hadn't seen in a long time, and you know, it's just I realized like I may be gossiping a little much. You know, because it's I, like, what, it's, what's the line between catching up with somebody and talking and then, yeah, to people, know. like That's, about people you know, where then it turns into gossip, right? Like, what, yeah. what's the line? Because I well, feel like it's a fine, I, it's a fine line. And right? I, and, but I do think I'm going to say one of the great things about having this job is it gives you something else to talk about besides people, besides you know. people, you know, yeah, right? Totally. I mean, we got to interview Carrie Watkins last week. Yeah. We interviewed her twice. <laughs> it's a long story. <laughs> but I mean, that really, I talked about it all weekend because I was so excited about it. I was so pumped. I was I had then I, on Saturday night, I heard Kathy Keating speak. So there was a lot of sort of talk about the well, bombing you, okay, over the weekend. Yeah. So I do try to, I mean, I, I've had I know, the known I gossip. Just, I'm and not going to I wasn't but, like saying, I wasn't saying something that I had heard. It was all first hand accounts, right? Right. right. Like, but then I'm like, wait, but if I'm telling somebody about it, like when, what is the point of like me recanting what happened and where and it's then like moving my on opinion. to the, yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think, like the hard part, right? It's because I, I feel like I'm very, lucky in that I have a great group of women who are friends and we don't really have a lot of drama in our friend group. And then I say that as I'm like telling something that had happened with a friend and my husband's like, really? You just don't have drama with friends. (laughs) I will say the husbands don't really tolerate it that much. So when the husbands are around and they're like, God, you girls done gossiping. Exactly. And I think it's easy. It it does sort of give you a checkpoint. Well, and I have a really good friend, Nicole, who she does not gossip. Like, does not entertain it. She will talk about something that had happened, but there's never, and there's no, did you hear? No, never. And so she was at dinner with us on Saturday and I was like, okay, I need to check myself because Nicole is being like Emmy. You know what I mean? Yes. In in the sweetest way. That's really nice because I feel like there's always that friend who is the gossip. So it's so nice to hear about the friend who really makes it a point not to gossip. That's oh, yeah. real, that's really Well and that's I maybe think I need to do a She's a that. good influence for sure. <laughs> but that's what I, I was like after dinner, I was like, Jeff, was it bad? Like was it like I felt guilty 
because I just feel like there's no, like, I don't want to talk about anybody's marriages. I don't want to talk about their no, kids. I don't want to talk about Because you don't know what goes on behind exactly. closed doors. It's like, you don't know. I just, I feel like I'm kind of to the point where it's, it's fun to talk about maybe stuff that happened like 10 years ago, right? Like in college. Right. Funny or, things where you're, everybody yes. knows and you're telling the funny stories totally. now. But then it's like, now that it's people are married and they have children and they have lives, I'm like, oh, this is like a little too, and it's like, we, I watch Real Housewives religiously. So that's your gossip. And so I Just feel like that. I kind of like, yeah, they do it sort of, right? Well, I mean, they have to. They, they get paid a lot to. of money. To and I'm that. like, I'm not, yeah, there's no camera in my face, which I wouldn't want that anyway. Which Well, wait a minute. There is a do. camera in her face um, right but now. Yeah. So I think that was my pit is just being a little more conscious of the gossiping, right? Like, yeah. it's just, I don't know, because I definitely like to hear things. And I mean, I don't know. Maybe, I don't, I don't know. So I think it, it, it you do sort of figure it out. Instagram, not that I'm not. talking about. <laughs> anyway. What was your peak? My peak, the two nights out. I mean, what? Was oh, definitely the two nights out. Although, I mean, they were both really fun. And actually, I would say so. They were both really fun in similar ways in that we went to a wonderful dinner Friday night. We went to Hutch. Saturday night we went to Frida. I love the Hutch. However, we spent less at the at Frida, and the food is is better. better. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like, you know what I'm saying? So I feel like that, but the patio, the hutch is great. Oh, the Although patio, the patio is great. Frida's. Only wait on Friday or one of the days, maybe it was Saturday. They must've been having a private party. Cause I looked oh, out really? across from Greta and there were, it was packed. I mean, and people were taking pictures. So there must've been a party going oh, on yeah, on Saturday, I, I think. Uh, maybe. And then, so it was really fun. Cause Friday night we had dinner with another couple, just the four of us. And then we ran into somebody that I don't know very well, but they were at dinner with another, it was like two couples and two couples. And they invited us over to their house for drinks after. And it's we had like so much fun. Right. And it's like, I haven't been to somebody's house that I have never been to in forever. First of all, my house is not really ready for an impromptu drink. Oh, their house drink. Was I'm sure their house was yeah, like, It was you know, very pretty. I'd have to be like, you know, like when you stand outside the door and you're like, hold on just a second. And you like take all the dishes and shove them in a cabinet. That would have to be me oh, if I was same, impromptu same. Yeah. drinks. I mean, oh. I dream of my house being ready and I dream of my bar being stocked. Oh, that's the other thing is like- uh, we Who like, has the perfect bar stocked? They had everything. <laughs> Like I, I everything. Know. I know. Somebody was, needs to come yes. to my house. And- um, so it was really fun. It was kind of just like impromptu. It was like, oh, yeah, like we'll come over. And it was really fun. And conversation was fun. And then Saturday night we went to Frida. And then sort of the same thing happened. Well, not with people I don't know, but our friends that we went to dinner with were like, come over after. And it was their daughter's third birthday that day. So they had oh, like leftover birthday delicious cake. delicious cake. <laughs> I would have got the fork out. And yeah, exactly. been, I would have skipped so, the drink. Um, it was really fun. And then, yeah, so I think that was my peak. It was just like two fun nights. Social weekend. Social weekend. So we don't have any plans this weekend. And I'm like, maybe we shouldn't. Oh my gosh. I cannot. Well, I was literally, I was sitting here thinking about it. I was like, I saw you on Friday. We had a full hash out on Friday and the number of things that have happened to me since Friday are insane. Well, because that's what I was texting you on Friday at like five. And then I was like, oh wait, she's at baccalaureate. Oh, I know. I mean, it's it's really, so Friday night was, so I- Sit on Wait, the, is this your pit or your peak? No, this is like my peak, I guess. Okay, okay. I mean, I can't even think about what the pit... Well, there might be a little pit, but... So, the peak was... I mean, I left work. I went straight to baccalaureate at Cassidy. So, I sit on the board at Cassidy, and the board gets to go to baccalaureate and to graduation. And it's... You just have those moments to sit and reflect and remind yourself of how important yeah, those, those times, times are. are. And when you're in those times, you don't get reminded of that, right? So I've gotten to see, you know, a 
several graduations where there's, I don't have any family members graduating. I just, you know, have friends and, and it sort of prepared. I was thinking Neely's going to graduate in three years. And so what do I want that day to be like? What do I want that, that night of baccalaureate to be like? So, you know, we get to sit in the Cassidy chapel. We sang the Cassidy hymn. Although it's really not about you. No, it's not. But I mean, it was just, it's such a nice. I don't mean it in that. I just mean like, you know, you have to think about what she wants, right? Well, yes, that's true. That's wrong. Maybe. (laughs) You just never know. She probably wants a giant rager with an open bar, probably. Well, that's basically what it is. Yeah, that's what it is. But, you know. (laughs) Sorry, that's like. (laughs) So it's a whole nother topic. But so it was really lovely. I love singing the Cassidy hymn Mm. every time I start to cry. And And then graduation supposed to be outside at seven and it was inside at eight. So we pushed it back an hour because of rain, because of rain. And it was, but you know what? All the kids there, they were, they started out the school year in masks and they finished in the the rain. The gym is air conditioned now though. Oh yes. The gym is air conditioned. That was lovely. My cousin, when I was a freshman, he was a senior, his graduation got pushed into the gym. Imagine being in a hundred percent humidity, big gym with no AC. Mm-mm. I just remember seeing all the guys in their gowns, like sweating, sweating. Through. Well, you know yeah. what? At least it wasn't. I've been out there when it's like a hundred, right? And it's been so oh, bad. in August. Well, right. preseason August for volleyball, we would be inside the oh, gym, and no, there's no, no breeze, no. and they try yeah. to give the big fans, and that doesn't no. work. Yeah. So yes, I did appreciate the air conditioning. That I, but Kathy Keating was the commencement oh, speaker. Right. So I, I, I think I said earlier, I really spent the whole week talking about the Oklahoma City bombing, and she really used that story because I mean I you know Frank was governor when it happened used right. that story to really sort of set the stage for the graduates and so that was really interesting to listen to and to sort of hear her perspective after we had heard Carrie's perspective so I love that and then oh the other thing that happened was I mean it was non-stop Gracie had her state soccer tournament in Tulsa they ended up winning states so on wow. Sunday we went to I say this it's a little bit like horseback riding people I mean everybody's a winner at the end of the day wow. I mean sort of there's like a gazillion different <laughs> organizations and they all have their own state cup and it makes no Wait, sense to me so but we went to Tulsa on Sunday on Saturday they won in, in um, penalty kicks and she made her penalty kick so she was really <gasps> excited I missed that because I was at work but Sunday we went to Tulsa the whole family went we even got Neely to go we went to Tulsa we saw her play it was they played really well they were so excited we went for lunch afterwards, came home. I had to run a gazillion errands because my pit sort of is that my kids are leaving me. Neely went to Austin this morning for field hockey camp. Gracie's going to Greece on Wednesday with her best friend That's for two right. weeks. So we had to spend all day yesterday getting them all ready. And then really I got to finish the weekend off at a wedding. Our babysitter got married. She's 23. She got married and it was absolutely beautiful. She, her parents are so kind. She is so kind. The girls loved seeing her and oh, getting sure. she looked absolutely beautiful. And Although I mean, we didn't know one person wait, at the wedding you except for that your pit last week was that your kids were driving you nuts and then your pit this week is that they're leaving. What is wrong with me? <laughs> clearly. Clearly a little bit schizophrenic. No, I'm sort like, of sad they're leaving. No There's, <laughs> There's no, no winning. There's no winning. <laughs> There's no winning. But I will be without kids for one day. So I'm gonna go pick up Neely and Austin. We're gonna go to LA next week. But fun. So on Thursday I will have or Wednesday and Thursday I'll have no kids. So what we got two do? days. I'm going to fly to Austin. I'm going to see a friend. We've already discussed. It's a long walk, a lunch with a lot of wine, and maybe a dinner with a lot of wine. Perfect. Right? Yeah. I'll get the walk in, though, in between. Well. I know. So, I guess, I mean, I I'm, I'm, was kind of sad to see Neely go this morning. She's been she's been extra sweet. I really don't have too many. That's nice. That's nice. That's maybe always the when they leave, though. Summer. It's like they're being so sweet. They're being so sweet. Like, exactly. leave now? <laughs> uh-huh. And then you're like, oh, please don't leave me. But normally I'm like, get out of here. I can't listen to this anymore. <laughs> So I know. So I feel like next time we see each other, I'll have a lot to tell from yeah 
Well, market have, in LA, my first live I was going to say, market. you'll go to market, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. And then we have two trunk shows with Greta. Oh God, the trunk shows. They're going to be fun though. I know. So it'll be a fun week. It's really not ending. I mean, someone's like, can I have a meeting with you this week? And I was like, actually, can we meet after July 4th? That's like, what, yeah. It's over. I mean, the summer's over. Well, I even want to have a meeting with you. And you're like, all right. Oh, yeah. You were one of the people who said, <laughs> let's have a meeting. And I was like, I can't do it. But do you feel like that? This this is sort of, you know, I'm going to go back to one more pit. When summer, summer is my favorite time of year. When summer yeah. starts, I feel like it's already over. I mean, I feel like the whole summer's That's planned. I can't somebody was throw like, anything else in. What are you guys doing this summer? And we always go to Jackson Hole the last yeah. week of July and kind of the beginning of August. And I was like, but that's kind of like sort of the start of the end of that's summer. The end. And then I'm like, wait, we're already ha- almost halfway through June? Or wait, what's the Yes, date? it's June 7th. I mean. Oh, no, we're not that far. But still. Like, but yeah, this week I mean, is when gonna, I yeah. blink, it's going to be July 15th. Yeah. So I just, I want to savor the summers. Summer. I know. Well, and, I and then I, I love summer. I agree. And it's been so cold, but uh, did you see sunshine? Oh, well, you're going to be out of town. I'm going to, it's going to be 90 something. Okay. But as you'll notice, um, Emmy noticed we're I was like, I'm in two summer different seasons because I'm freezing fall. all the time. And I was like, I'm not going into that giant, we can't say convention center anymore, the giant studio Mer- and freeze to death. So I'm wearing a jacket. Yeah. We're especially excited about our guests today. Emmy and I have had them on the list since the very beginning. They were some of the first people that we asked, but we really had to wait till the exact perfect moment. And I think this was the perfect moment. We're so excited to welcome Rachel Cannon and Matt Payne from Prairie Surf Media, co-founders, I guess, co-CEOs. I don't know. I haven't really looked at their exact titles. Maybe I maybe I need to do that. But from Prayer Surf Media, we are sitting in the Prayer Surf Media building, which is formerly the Cox Convention Center. But both Rachel and Matt grew up in the Oklahoma City area. They both went to OU. They actually met at OU and they went to the film production school at OU. They really became friends when they knocked on Gray Fredrickson's door to be his first interns after he moved back to Oklahoma City from Los Angeles. And their careers were launched from there. Gray helped them both when they moved to Los Angeles. Rachel taking a comedy path. She was in productions such as Off the Boat. Big Bang Theory, which is my favorite, Two and a Half Men. And Matt became, after a funny stint uh, at on 24, the first season of 24, he became a, a writer. And he was a writer for 15 years in LA. And they both moved back to Oklahoma City, wanting to continue their careers in LA. But I think they've found that Oklahoma City welcomed them with open arms. And they have worked for the past two years tirelessly to launch Prairie Surf Media. And we're so excited to hear their stories. Rachel and Matt, welcome to Action City. Hi, this is Catherine, one of the hosts of Action City. I have two loves, fashion and food. So far, I've only figured out how to make one of them a career. Owning Greta Sloan, Oklahoma City's premier fashion destination, has been the highlight of my 20-plus years in the industry. It's a place where people and creativity come together. My team and I do the hard work of curating designers from all over the world and then narrowing down the best of their creations to make the shopping experience one of discovery and fun. We want our clients to eye their treasures from Greta Sloan as the favorite pieces in their closets and the ones that bring them the most joy to wear. We'll see you at the shop in Nicholsville's Plaza off 63rd and Western, or check us out on Instagram at Greta Sloan, G-R-E-T-T-A-S-L-O-A-N-E. 
Rachel and Matt, we're so excited to have you guys on the podcast. I'm not supposed to be yelling. I'm supposed to be speaking softly into the microphone, but I'm so excited. I can't take it. (laughs) Well, just to give a visual, we're in one of the old, we're in the old Cox Convention Center now, Prairie Surf Media, and we're in the old ballroom where I was a sweetheart. And so it's a little funny because we're sitting at a table in this giant ballroom and we can't yell. Because I feel like we're little ants, like in a... <laughs> Which will be now a soundstage. Or is it... Yes, sounds will be stage number five. Stage number five. So how many stages are there total? Five. Okay, oh. we're, in the, we're in the fifth... We're in the fifth. And and when we get the soundproofing up on the walls in this one, there will be no echo. There'll be no echo. I can scream all I want. And you can we'll come right. back for you a, can scream all you want for a loud will ever podcast. Hear you. Well, oh, we were <laughs> Matt, before you came in, we were talking about the decor and Catherine was like, Surely they had changed it from the seventies and Rachel's like, Nope. No, it's nice. It's got this kind of it, the uh, wallpaper looks like you're kind of in, in a woven basket mm-hmm. a little yes, bit. Yes, or it's like really at nice. the top it looks like the top of a pie mm-hmm. if you were really good Ooh, at making yeah. pies. Yes. Totally. It's kind of a lattice. It is a nod to the 70s. I think the last time I was in here was um, red tie, maybe like 10 years ago. Yeah. With a thousand other people. Rachel and I came here for the uh, 2019 Oklahoma Hall of Fame where Ray Fredrickson was on. Who was actually, uh, Rachel and I were his first interns. Oh, really? Are you serious? Together you were his first interns? Yep. That's how we know each other. Oh, like that's, we were in a screenwriting class and we went and banged down Gray's door when he came back to Oklahoma. And you said we're going to make this happen. You <laughs> guys have been banging incredible. down doors for a long time. That's right. That's really all we do. At some point, people are going to start banging down our doors. Like, <laughs> that that's gonna really happen. all I want. We can't I wait. bet that's happening already. Well, we kind of already joked about it because you were like, there'd be red lights around the soundstage so people can't walk in. And Catherine and I have already decided we'd, we'd, we'd be walking We'd be the in. ones. We'd be fired. <laughs> But then I'm like, would, in what scenario would we be invited to a production? There are no yeah, no, exactly. no scenarios so. where that's happening. Nobody's asking us no, to no, nobody act or us. do well, anything. Well, so we always start at the beginning. I guess, I don't know who wants to go first, but... Um, well, speaking of Gray Fredericks. Yeah. Um, yes. So um, I, uh, I grew up in Oklahoma City um, and... You know, grew up uh, with not a lot going on. You know, we've all you know we've all sort of heard this story. But um, when uh, Rachel and I became Gray Fredrickson's intern, that Oklahoma City was just beginning to change. I went to McGinnis, I went to OU. At OU, I studied screenwriting. Um, and if you got a degree in in screenwriting and film at OU, you either then immediately got a job in another industry in Oklahoma, or you moved to California. Those were really your only two options. And Gray was interesting in that he was a bridge to actually working on films. So he was able to put us on on short films that were being made in Oklahoma, and he was able to kind of create opportunities that, frankly, we otherwise wouldn't have had. And um, so I moved. Uh, quickly knew that when I graduated, I needed to move. So another fellow Oklahoman, Richard Rosser, I don't know if anyone knows the Rossers, um, but Richard is the, uh, he was the assistant director on the show 24. Mm. Oh, And uh, so I graduated and drove out to LA. Um, My sister was nannying for another Oklahoma film family, the Lowry's, uh, Junie Hunt and Dick. And my sister was Junie's nanny. And I went out there to visit her to figure out what I was going to do with my life and uh, went to visit Richard Rosser on the set of 24. And he said, uh, I can't give you advice, but I can give you a job. Do you want to be a PA? And I said, yes. 
Did you say um, what's that? <laughs> did you say what's I, a PA? Well, I'll I, take so it. I had it in my mind. I really did think that because we were so empowered by our proximity to Gray Fredrickson, like you guys. Oscar and Oscar right, right. And, and he'd let us hang out with him and we'd sit in his office and he'd tell us stories, you know? So I felt very comfortable with like high brass. Um, so I had this warped idea that I would walk onto the set of 24 and I'd be like, <laughs> Hey guys, I'm here. Uh, and they'd be like, get started now. And they'd be like, hold on a second. I'm sorry. We were just about to roll a take, but Matt Payne just arrived from <laughs> OU. He made a short film that didn't have any sound, but stellar storyteller. <laughs> Matt, what do you think? And that was not, that was not how it worked. But, um, they're like, here's a pig, watch it. That's it. <laughs> they, they were like, um, your job is to manage construction workers and f- livestock. Uh, <laughs> and okay, livestock. So was this the season stuff? of 24 where he's like hiding in the barn or whatever? Uh, it wasn't that season. This was season one. It was oh, the okay. second episode. But so anyway, I, my, my, my first job was o- over, overseeing, uh, uh, there was a pig pen near a place where they were filming Stop. and my job was just to watch the pigs. And if they started to move, I had to, I had to let the Somebody know. The ADs know. <laughs> so that was my first thing. But so I, I quickly realized I didn't want to do that. And what I, wa- I wanted to be where, where the creation was happening. So I was like, how do I get in the writer's office? And one thing led to another. And um, I wound up working in the writer's room, spent uh, the next 15 years writing television shows in Los Angeles. So I wrote... Um, how did that happen? Networking? I mean, did Networking. you just meet somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody? And then finally... You know, it's weird. And he's a brilliant writer. <laughs> Because yeah. I know lots of writers who don't get those opportunities. Okay, so yeah. that, that that did so play talent, into it. But then also maybe a little bit of like you put yourself there's yeah, a, like you knock on doors, you'd say hello, kind of the Oklahoma way, being kind, in possibly. This, yeah, I mean like in Muffins. the six in the yeah. sixth degree of separation, like I can trace every job almost that I have back to something else that went back to Gray Fredrickson, you know. Mm-hmm. Um but uh well I'll tell you this is so the first time I cut my teeth writing and then we got I want to let Rachel talk. But so, but I've, I don't think I've ever told this story. But so, um, it was the end of my tenure at 24, and I didn't get fired, but I was encouraged to go do something else because a friend of mine, Ryan Craig, another Oklahoman, uh, married to a, a very prolific director named Kelly Freeman Craig. Anyway, Ryan and I were PAs together, and um, we knew everything that was going on, like at 20th, we knew everything that was going on I'm everywhere. And so we wrote, and this is like, AOL was still bare, like kind of a thing. And so we wrote a thing called off the clock and it was like an onion of everything that was going on in 24. So like this satire and like, it was ridiculous. And we were, we were like, we should circulate it. And it was pretty kind of controversial. <laughs> what we were, were your like, pin we'll names? We'll just, we'll use the, the production office Xerox machines and then we'll circulate oh. this thing. We'll, we'll give it to every like studio head and like this whole thing. We'll do it anonymously. So we came into work that like the next Monday and, the showrunners were like, get in. <laughs> They're like, what is this? And we were like, sorry. Um, but, but, um, the slight the, conflict. Did you interest? have to pay him back for the paper? Like, the, for the, yeah, printing? Right. The, the feedback was that the writing was really good, but, but we were not going to probably be writers on the show 24. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we should go somewhere else. So um, that was it. And so I, I went, I wound up on the show without a trace, uh, stayed there until it got canceled. And then I went um, from kind of show to show until 2015 and moved back to Oklahoma. And uh, there, here we are. That's exciting. Yeah. That happened to me once. I was asked to kindly leave <laughs> after using the company facilities to run a second business. It was before the side gig was cool. 
Yeah. Right? Like that could have been side fine. Side hustle has just been the, embraced. The side hustle's really just yeah, recently been embraced. So right? it would have been yeah. fine if it was 2021 and you did that, I feel like. But yeah, you know. I'd be like, why are you trying to censor my my, my exactly. thoughts and ideas? <laughs> yeah, that would be perfect. <laughs> See? That would go over actually. Good. There was uh-huh. this guy that w- the one I was most proud of. Someone wrote grout puns and all the grouts and all the stalls. And so we did this like dateline kind of story about like who was the grout. Gra- graffiti Wait, artist. Was it? funny. And then there was this this guy that was the rat exterminator. And he'd come in and do the raspy walks and he like looked exactly like Brad Pitt. We're like, who is this handsome? It could have been son Brad Pitt could have been a rat Brad exterminator. <laughs> and he he would just come in and he'd be like Brad Pitt. Hey, I'm here to I'm here about the rats. And we're like, this guy is so handsome. No, Brad what Pitt is probably went deal? to a dinner party and was like, So I have this joke where I go exterminate rats on set. But we but we, anyway, it was it was a ton of fun. But uh moved back probably to Oklahoma like- and like uh, fell in love with Oklahoma in 2015 and started making documentaries for the now uh, void uh, OETA foundation. So I got to make some documentaries. I did one on Pahusco, Oklahoma, uh, one on Joy Reid Belt. Brilliant she has a documentary on her? Oh, Ooh, that's really yeah. cool. But but it never got to air. And then oh. I did one on Oklahoma City Thunder. So thinking about Kathy Keating, I, we interviewed all the mayors and the governors and um, front office and Desmond Mason and Kerry Watkins, a lot of the same people we did, about how the bombing and, um, and uh, Hurricane Katrina, those sort of two global tragedies were kind of where synergistically Oklahoma was able to like grab, grab their boots and... Um, uh, uh, bring an NBA yeah. basketball team to uh That's to interesting because we have talked so much about the bombing on this show, but we haven't really talked about Katrina being a catalyst for growth I in know, Oklahoma City as much. I was actually thinking about that and, the other day. Well, yeah, because we were talking about... Um, the Hornets the briefly, Hornets. we did. And I was like, yeah, we had the Hornets because we were talking right. about kids growing up now in Oklahoma City have never known it without a basketball team. And I was like, I remember when the Hornets came and then when they left and that was like so upsetting. Yeah, so, it, yeah. I mean, if Katrina know. hadn't happened, I don't know that 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 there would have been quite the foresight to go after um, the Sonics because they saw like what an enormous. Right, ROI you wouldn't be able to test it out the way they did. Yeah, so so out of that though, while the documentaries didn't get to air, what what I was able to do is really identify like how incredible Oklahoma is. You know, all of these. The Paseo, Pahuska, Oklahoma, downtown Oklahoma City, were all like desolate. You know, these are areas that were desolate, and visionary artists came in and said, I see something that others don't hear. Um, and it was sort of in that spirit that I jumped into Prairie Surf. And with that, I will turn it over to my brilliant <laughs> business partner, Rachel Kim. <laughs> Rachel, what? Tell us Hi. about tell us about growing up in Yukon. Um, you know, I it's so funny. I did so much work at the Capitol this year, and they would ask, "Where are you from?" Um, and I would always say that I'm an Oklahoma girl because I was born in Tulsa, okay. and then I lived in um, Manford, Sand Springs, Weatherford, Pryor. Uh, back to Yukon, went to school in Norman, lived in Oklahoma City for a moment. Uh, Brief spent uh, in Los Angeles for 20 years and then came back to Edmond. So I've kind of lived all over, but the bulk of the time I grew up in Yukon. That's amazing. And it was great. I mean, I grew up in the sticks. The closest thing to the entertainment industry was Garth Brooks' name on the water tower. Like I had no connection to the industry at all. Like I, I didn't have... I didn't have that, but I grew up performing. Like I had my first ballet recital when I was three and it was something that I just loved doing. I traded in my toe shoes for a cheerleading skirt. Um, And I did that all the way through college. And then 
you know, ended up meeting Matt and working uh, with Gray and just loved the industry. Like I loved the creativity and the collaboration that came with the film industry, but studied production and screenwriting. I didn't actually, everybody thinks that I studied theater or (laughs) that. And I'm like, nope, just studied the business of it. What made you, when you went to OU, what made you pick that major? What, I mean... Well, I was a communications major for the first two years because when I was on the Palm Squad, I actually couldn't, um, I couldn't do theater. I couldn't do any of the stuff that I really wanted to because I was in the athletic program. Because it was just the time commitment was too much? What was... Yeah. Okay. You, so, I, I mean, I'm a Kappa and like I never even got to do anything with the house because I was always at a game for something. We went to, you know, volleyball and golf and, you know, obviously the big sports, but like everything... It's a full-time we job. Were, mm-hmm. It is a full-time mm-hmm. job. And so, we were constantly traveling with the teams. And so I did it for two years and then I decided to step down because I actually wanted to get an education and I wanted to take the You didn't want to be classes. a professional palm girl? Wait, You'd be really cute as a, as a palm girl right when now, When I by the way. found out that that couldn't be a profession, I was like, okay, I guess I should probably study something that's going to lead. My, my sister-in-law tried out for the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. Well, and really? She was like 32. She, she didn't make it, but she was, I mean, she was pretty good. That was that's impressive. Be, yeah. yeah, going to TCU, uh-huh. it was like a lot of the TCU palm girls. They yeah. would be Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, but they pay you like $300 a season. So you get nothing. It's all have, advertising. Oh, yeah. yeah you have to have a real yeah, you job. Have have I mean, a, that's one of the requirements is you have to be employed. And I'm like, how do you have time to do that's But the scholarships, that. by the way, were oh, the yeah, same. The you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. So being on the Palm Squad, I, I think our scholarship was like $500 or something a semester. And I was like, that doesn't even pay for my books. The football <laughs> players are getting, a, you know, a yeah. full ride and you're getting. <laughs> it, was a little, it was a little. I mean, yeah. this was a long time ago. Well, I'm glad well, you changed, changed a lot. Yeah. So changed nice. majors from Palm yeah. Squad to yeah. screenwriting. What was your, it, was it screenwriting? Was that, it was film, film and video film studies. And video. So same as Matt. And okay. so we went in and that's when I got to start doing the production classes and the film thesis and like the history of film, like really kind of studying that side of it and fell in love with that aspect. And when we heard Gray was coming in town, ran over and knocked on his door and we were like, do you need free interns? <laughs> Is it like where you sure. don't tell anyone you're going? Like you don't say to your friends, we're going no. over here. You're like, okay. No, ran over there. Ran over found there. out where Ackerman McQueen was because that's where he was housed. Um, and then, I mean, that was it. Like we learned how to break down scripts and to do budgets and um, just listening to Gray's stories. I mean, exactly what Matt said. He was this connectivity, this touch point to the industry that we just didn't have in the same way here. And I remember going out to LA for the summer and he put me in touch with this guy who took me to a dinner with, uh, Bob Debrino. That was another dinner. We'll tell (laughs) that story. Can we tell that story on air? Maybe not. Uh, How do you edit with this? Um, so the, uh, no, but it was the guy that was the photographer, the little, I can't remember his name. Um, strange little dude, but, uh, went to dinner with, uh, Dwight Yoakam and oh, so cool! Yeah, I love Dwight um, and his girlfriend at the time, Bridget Fonda. So I remember sitting at a big Hollywood restaurant with the four of us. We'd ridden motorcycles there, and I remember Dwight. <laughs> Had you ever ridden a motorcycle before? I wasn't driving it. No, oh, I was okay, on the back okay, of one. okay. <laughs> but still, you're like this is. You said, wait a minute! I've showed up in LA. I'm going to get girls. I grew up in Yukon. Like anything country backwards. Like I guess you get on the back of a motorcycle for sure. Okay, the, I have the not. The photographer, the one driving your motorcycle? Yes. Okay, got it. But I was hanging on. And was Gray driving the motorcycle? Gray wasn't there. 
Okay. Gray you just said, introduced No, I was there. And you had Gray never said, met these people before, obviously. And you show up and they say, we're going to dinner on a motorcycle? Yes. And I was like, let's go. And one of them was Dwight Yoko. And one of them was Dwight Yoko. <laughs> and he ordered a plate of asparagus. And that was his dinner. <laughs> and then he ordered a second plate of asparagus. <laughs> what? And I could only the first plate please. wasn't enough. Oh I gosh, it it was just asparagus. And then I looked over at Bridget and I was like, this guy is weird. He is going to smell. His is he is kind of yeah. oddly thin. Um, he's like his skin kind of like hangs off. He's no? a little yeah. gaunt, but no, he's, very, yes. like, he's like a large eye. man, though. Yeah, really? yeah he's, he's a large big head. guy. He's I also, Gray also set up a dinner with me and Dwight Yoakam uh, that he was not at, at uh, with also Dennis Haysbert, Allstate, the Allstate guy. Oh, oh I love that guy. Um, I yeah, would just listen to him all night. I know his yeah. voice is so good. And no. Dwight's very quiet. You know, he's very, very quiet, but hilarious. Eats so does, what is, what is silence? He also had asparagus. How does he get Dwight Yoakam involved <laughs> yeah. in all the, all the meetings that of the Oklahoma City people? Well, they, 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 had just done they have something on each other? They had just done a movie together. So they had done South of Heaven, West of Hell. So I think it was kind of like in that. Oh, yeah. In that uh, period of time that they had done a movie, we came out, we were both like uh-huh. on the set of that when they were doing it. And so it was, it was not a weird thing for us to go to dinner and So how hang did out. you get in front of the camera from kind of going from the production side? So I had done a um, casting workshop right before I went to Los Angeles. Um, Chris Freihofer at OU was doing an act like an on-camera acting class um, that I was taking. And he did a workshop with a woman named Joedna Bolden, who is a casting director in Austin. And she came in for like a guest thing. And it was literally two weeks before I moved to Los Angeles. And so she came in and did this workshop, passed out scenes that everybody's supposed to do. And I do, I don't even remember what the scene was from, but it was a very emotional scene where you have to cry and, you know, it's very traumatic. And so um, I do this scene and she comes over and she says, I was not expecting that out of you. I go, that doesn't sound like why because I'm a cute blonde. Like, what do you mean? What? <laughs> yeah, and she was like, "Can you do that again?" I said, "Sure." Uh, <laughs> so did the scene again, and she scribbled a phone number on a piece of paper, and it was the name number of an agent in Los Angeles. And she said, "Call this guy Todd when you get there, and he will take a meeting with you. Tell him that I said he has to." And um, then she called me two days later and said, can you get yourself to Austin? I want you to meet somebody. I have a, there's a director here. They're casting a movie in Austin. I would like for you to meet with him before you go to LA. And I said, sure. So I flew to Austin and I got to audition for the life of David Gale, which is a movie that ended up being, um, Kate Winslet and, um, Kevin Spacey. Oh, wow. And it was oh with gosh. Alan Parker, who is this prolific director. I had no idea because Google wasn't really I mean, no, how it wasn't would, a, like yeah, a thing yeah, yet. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. So I was just like, okay, I'm looking up on IMDb and, you know, here's this director I'm going to go and have a meeting with, a general meeting with. And I literally show up. He hasn't even started doing, he, he's like setting up. And it was a general meeting with Alan Parker. And we just got to sit and talk about the industry and talk about the character. And like, that is not what auditions are like. But that was my first experience. And it was wonderful. And he actually offered me a job. Um, being Kate Winslet's double. So Kate got the job. I didn't get it. <laughs> well, that's okay. If you're going to lose a job to somebody, that's okay. <laughs> but he, um, he offered to let me come and, and double her in all the running scenes in that movie um, just to get experience and to be on set. But by that time, I had already moved to Los Angeles and I couldn't afford to get myself there because 
I literally, I mean, I moved to LA with like 200 bucks in my pocket and just willing to figure it out. So, um, did you sleep on a friend's couch? What I did. Um, a night, very nice friend. You should ask us. Should we, um, should we say who the friend is or not? uh, Todd Oni. Thanks Todd. Todd was a buddy of mine from college and, uh, also friends with Matt. And he said, you know, you can come and sleep on my couch when you first get out here. You can stay with me for a little bit until you get on your feet. So I show up with my suitcase of clothes and my cat and I walk into and your cat. And you my, don't bring a cat as a guest. Don't bring cats. That's just, <laughs> I know, but I had a cat. Um, and so I show up and I'm standing in his living room and I was just like, okay, where's my room? And he goes, you're standing in it. I go, oh, gross. Okay. Where's your room? He goes, you're standing in it. It's a studio apartment. And I was like, oh, uh, no. Okay. Oh God. What's a studio apartment? It was in like the armpit of Hollywood. Yeah. I mean, it was gritty, gritty, gritty. And so it became uh, our first order of business was find a real place to live, uh, which we did very quickly. <laughs> but it was, it was great. I mean, I, um, I, I feel like I grew up so much in that first year in Los Angeles and growing up in a place where my parents had always taken care of everything for me. I remember calling my dad and I was like, I need you to just let me figure it out for a little bit. So like, I don't want to rescue, you can't come and rescue with me, me with money or with things or like, I just need to figure it out. I need to figure out how to be here on my own. And, uh, and then I was quickly regretting that with it. Yeah, so because it sounds very noble right at the beginning, yeah. but but I did. I you know I without having parents to come in and just rescue you, you mm-hmm. really do figure it out. And um, I called that agent and I um, went to take a meeting with him <clears throat> in my white business suit from Cachet, which was like the place oh, to shop at fabulous. the time, um, or at least it was if you lived in Yukon. So uh, I show up and he's this you know very fabulous, you know, beautiful, handsome dude from Texas. Is he as handsome as the rat guy from 24? <laughs> he is very handsome. Todd is still maybe very handsome. He was his yeah. Maybe it was He was, was doubling as the rat guy. And uh, I remember walking in and he looks at my resume, which was non-existent. And he was just like, so have you like done anything? I go, I moved here. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, like, I could have ran for Kate Winslet. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but he was like, I mean, you have no credits, you have no classes, you have no, I mean, like this headshot is horrible. He was like, this isn't going to work. So he, and I was like, well, I take direction very well. So if you want to give me a list of things to do, then I can go and do those things. So he gives me a list of, you know, like go get your SAG card, go get into. Because that's really easy. Go get your, like you picked it up at the Walgreens. Yeah. Go get a SAG card, go get um, into an acting class, get in an improv class, get new headshots. Um, I mean, it was like ridiculous. It was 10 things that were all very difficult and that you would need and expensive to help probably right yeah right. so um that you would need somebody to kind of help you get into and so i like a good list so i went and did all of that and i called him back in 28 days and i said hey so i did all those things on the list um and he was like how soon can you get here and i was like don't be weirded out but i'm outside your office <laughs> So oh I can actually gosh. be here right now. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> I've been sleeping out here in a yeah. tent for the past right 28 here. days. I didn't want to miss it. And we Look out your window. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. I'm not a stalker. So we started working together that day. And um, where I mean, he's still a good friend, but we worked together for like 12 years. He was my agent and he's wonderful. And so what were some of the projects you were on? So my very first job, which I feel like is important to talk about, um, 
because that's like, nobody wants to give you your first job. Nobody wants to vouch for you. You know what I mean? So like I was auditioning and getting very far in a particular casting office uh, for comedy. And, but I was never getting past that to actually get to the producers to book the job. So I went and did a casting workshop with the producer I wasn't, or the casting director I wasn't getting seen in front of. And she was like, Rachel, can it? You are wonderful. Where have you been? I was like, your office (laughs) (laughs) with your partner. Um, So I booked uh, Cuts, which was a show on, um, on the Paramount lot. And it was with, who's the girl from um, American Pie? Uh, Elizabeth is Bank, no, not Banks. Not Banks. Um, oh, the, the brown one hair. The, yeah, yeah, Um Oh, my gosh. Yes, I know who you're her. Mm-hmm. Um, her, Rex Simon, and Meghan Markle. Uh, Meghan Markle was guesting on that episode, so she was playing my sidekick, and we played best friends in this episode. And she just had her baby. She just had her baby. Um, so, so that mm-hmm. was super interesting. Like, that was the first job, and it was on the Paramount lot, and floating around, you know, do you just feel like you're in a fairy tale? It was wonderful. And then from that, I did um, Two and a Half Men, Big Bang Theory, um, Mad Men. But I also had to close the door on films and dramas and everything else but comedy so that I could just focus on comedy for a little bit so that I could kind of carve out that path for myself because that's what I um, really felt like I was good at. And if you do everything, they don't know what to do with you in Hollywood. So you need to specialize in something. So I did that for a little while. And so that's most of my career. Do you have to, I mean, is it one job sort of leads to the next job or once one job is over, you have to start back at the beginning to. Well, you're constantly auditioning for different parts, but like once you get into like a group, I mean, sort of like what Matt did as a writer, like once you kind of fall into a group where you click, then, then you're kind of just like, oh, they're like, oh yeah. Rachel, like, yeah. oh, she would be perfect for this. Yes. Or like they kind of already knew who you were. Yeah. So yeah. like certain, I mean, first of all, the comedy world is very small. And so um, I remember auditioning for this guy, Joseph Middleton, who was the head of casting at Paramount. He came in and did a workshop um, at my acting school. And so we're supposed to prepare scenes for them and So I, of course, needed to show him I was a serious actress. So I did something from Rachel getting married and, you know, just cry your face off. And after I finished, he goes, I'm not even going to look at your resume. Do you do comedy? I go, I do. (laughs) And he goes, then what was that? (laughs) And you're like, I just want to show my depth. I'm serious. I'm a serious actress. actress. (laughs) And he goes, if you can be Julia Roberts... Why are you coming in and doing anything other than Julia Roberts? He was like, nobody cares about your Mary Quigley. And I go, <laughs> noted. Okay. He goes, the scene was lovely. It was fine. But it's, if you can do comedy, go do, do comedy com- until you become Julia Roberts. And then you can do whatever you want <clears throat> because then you're Julia Roberts. Yeah. And so that night I called my agent and I was like, okay, apparently I'm not supposed to audition for dramas or film or anything else. I'm only supposed to do comedy. And uh, that was it. And then within a year, I was like one of the top 10 go-to girls for comedy. I tested for everything. I was literally, they would call me as the other choice for everything. So it was, you know, 10 Latina girls and me. There were 10 African-American girls and me. Like I was the other choice for everything. My favorite was for Zombieland. It was 10 65-year-old men and me. <laughs> Wait, for like Woody Harrelson? They just wanted to see. He's not 65 though. But. No, it was for a part in the pilot. So they oh. were doing the TV version of that oh, for Amazon. Okay, okay. And the writers were just like, we just want to see what she does. You know what I mean? So they brought me in to do something different and they ended up splitting the part. So it was one of the 65-year-old guys and me. 
So <laughs> I kind of carved out like this space for myself as, you know, a comedian that did like that just made bold choices. And, you know, that was that was my business for really for 20 years. And yes. then I um, had a little boy and decided that I wanted him to grow up closer to family. So I wanted to buy a house back home and then I would continue to travel for work. So I was working on a show fresh off the boat um, for the last six seasons in Los Angeles, which was on the forefront of cultural diversity in television, which I'm super proud to have been a part of. Um, and the last year and a half, all of my opportunities stopped being in Los Angeles, which was a first after 20 years of having to be there. Right. Now everything was do you want to pack up and move to, you know, New York or to Atlanta or to Vancouver or anywhere else? Like it stopped being in Los Angeles. And so I thought, well, if I'm going to travel anyways, I'm going to go home and be close to family and I'll just travel out from there. And as soon as I got back, I, I don't know, like I just kind of fell in love with a different place. Like mm -hmm. Oklahoma didn't feel like what I grew up in. Anymore. But it still felt like home. I mean, it felt like home, but it felt different because I didn't go back to Yukon. I went to Edmond and I'd never been in Edmond before. I'd never spent any time there. I mean, you know, I showed up at your store <laughs> and I was just like, help me. <laughs> I still remember that. I tell that story all the time about I you did. showing up at Greta. It was hysterical. I did. I was like, I don't know anything here. You have to help me. I'm lost. Um, it, but it's true. And I... I just started finding new pockets of Oklahoma City and like falling in love with the city that that I didn't know growing up. Right. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. this, I had very different experiences and they were wonderful, but I left and came back to a place that was totally different. And listening to Matt talk about like the renaissance that had happened and, um, you know, all these new businesses and how Oklahoma City really reinvested in itself and um I just, I fell in love with that. I, I wanted to be a part of that. And I remember Matt and I, I mean, it's been two years ago, literally last week. Hmm. Was it only two years ago? Because I was... That we sat down and had coffee. Like I'd been I think I saw you that day. You're like, oh, I'm having coffee yes. with Matt Payne. I was like, oh, I know Matt. He's married to my friend Matt. You know, I mean... Next door at Crew. Next we door at Crew. Yeah. See? And that's I mean, where this became like a thing. How did you guys yes. reconnect? What, I mean... Um, I, before I moved, I sent Matt a message on Instagram and I was just like, first of all, these pictures are not real life. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is not the Oklahoma I grew up in. Mm -hmm. Like these pictures are so beautiful. Um, and you seem to be doing all this creative stuff. And are you still in LA? Are you traveling back and forth? Like, what are you doing? And he said, let's grab coffee when you get, when you get here. Uh, I am literally doing more creatively here than I have anywhere else in a very long time. And uh, Matt was traveling as a photographer at the time. So it took probably four months for us to actually get that coffee um, mm -hmm. because he was all over the world. And so once I finally pinned him down, you know, I had been looking at warehouses and like wanting to do com like a live co um, comedy, like live audience show something. I was trying to figure out a way to kind of figure that out. And um, just thinking like Oklahoma would love that experience of a multicam sitcom. Like, how do you bring that here? And when Matt and I sat down and had coffee, we literally went from at the beginning of coffee was let's develop content together. Like we can write something. You have all these projects. I have all these projects. Like we could, you know, develop stuff together, but then where are you going to film it? Mm -hmm. And then Vancouver. And then <laughs> it took a turn. And by the end of that, we were like, 
we should just build the infrastructure. That's the only thing missing here. Like we should just build the studio and, you know, build Warner Brothers in the middle of Oklahoma City. And then we can just make stuff forever. Yeah. What what I'd, <clears throat> what I'd really discovered is when you go back and talk about like being put in a box, like Rachel was talking about, like I had to be a comedy actress, you know, for me, it was the same thing. It was like, you have to write like procedural television shows. So cop shows, lawyer shows, all that that's it. And, um, and when I got to Oklahoma, what I discovered was like, that, that, that is completely false. It's good to build your foundation and become really good at one thing. But once you're good at that one thing, like let's break that one thing yeah. into mm-hmm. a thousand things, plan each of those skill sets and like, let them all blossom into the beautiful garden. That is kind of Prairie Surf Media. And like, you know, what, what I had done was made documentaries for nothing. You know, we, my, my partner at the time, Travis Tindall and I, like we made my, I'm the most proud of what I was creating here. You know, I was working as a photographer to Rachel's point, like traveling all over the world. Like I built an enormous following of Instagram followers here in Oklahoma. And I was shooting for four or five magazine and like all kinds of, like I was, there were just endless opportunities. And, and, but then the question became like, how do you grow this? Right. You know, like mm-hmm. how, like, mm-hmm. because like, you know, in LA, like you do something you don't love and you make, you can eventually make a lot of money, but you're a cog in a wheel no matter what. And someone's always telling you it wasn't good enough. Always. Mm-hmm. And there's always some like, well, now what? And, and here that wasn't the case here. You just grow and grow and grow because the opportunities are endless. And so we were like, what if we built something that was bigger? Um, but that takes a big swing, you know, and what does that swing need to be? And that swing, you know, was infrastructure, you know, like if we had soundstage facilities here, in addition to an, an incentive and the incentive could be bigger than what exists, we could really, really, really take our, our passion and the things we were creating and doing here, um, and grow them and, and ultimately become like our own full on like content and physical production studio. And so we were talking to all of our friends back in the industry at the same time, you know, people who, you know, we had worked on shows with for years and saying like, Hey, if we built this thing in Oklahoma, would you come and shoot there? And they were like, yes, please do it. Cause I want to get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) And that was before the pandemic. Oh, that was, and now they definitely want to get out of there for sure. But like people were so open to it. And it, so every step of the way, like as we were doing R and D on this, like, um, going and looking at studios and doing research and talking to the groups of people, um, it just, everything kept leading to a yes, like doors kept opening and more opportunities kept coming. And it just kept snowballing into something bigger and bigger and bigger. And whereas we were looking at warehouses before when the Cox Convention Center um, came up and we walked in here and we were just like, this place is perfect. So who said to you, you should use the Cox? What what was... Well, we were just looking at everything. Like we were looking at everything in the city, like in terms of... So with the real estate person? Like this is available though. Um, well, the well, she knew new, she hadn't been here in 20 years. Well, so <laughs> um, we, the new convention center was opening. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, well, what's happening with the old one? Like what's, oh, gotcha. and so, so this was all you all, this was like your thought process. Well, we you sat know. down with the city, um, with Aubrey McDermott and Tom Anderson from the city. I was going to say, when you say the city, I'm like, what does that mean? Who yeah. you sit down with? <laughs> with Who's the, the city? Yeah. <laughs> not us. <laughs> no, not us. Not Action City. No. We sat down with the city manager just to say like, are there any other properties that aren't on the market because we have scoured every warehouse, everything that is big enough, everything that can be converted. We're looking at building like pop-ups, you know, pop-up stages, like what with architects, like all the different opportunities. Right. And then we were like, I mean, what are you guys going to do with the, with the old convention center? And they didn't have any plans for it. And then that was on March 12th. 
the first meeting about this place. Oh, and yeah. then the whole then, world <laughs> shut down. Then when was the Thunder game? Not March 13th March or something? 13th, 13th, 13th right? We when were we, we, we were shut the down. Game. Yeah, yeah. Emmy was there. <laughs> yeah. In yellow, by the way, which you're wearing <laughs> now too. Okay. <laughs> so literally the next day, the whole world shuts down. And so we continued to do all the conversations about this place over Zooms and phone calls and, um, you know, coming in and just spreading out and not being close to each You can definitely spread out in here. Yeah. You can. Yeah. Uh-huh. You can definitely, yeah. <laughs> and uh, from start to finish, um, Matt and I are always just gobsmacked to say it, but from start to finish, from that first conversation to keys in hand with a fully executed agreement uh, was a nine-month process. Wow. So you guys were just on top of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's just easier to do business here too. You right. know what I mean? You have a great idea and this is such a yes and state that leaders, instead of being like, you're out of your mind, that can't happen, are like, that's a great idea. How can we help? And so we had that at the city level, but then we also had that at the state. So walking into the state and saying, this incentive that you have is a great start, but it's not enough to bring the types of projects that we want to bring here. Um, There's been an industry here for locations for 20 years, but what Matt and I really want to bring is our television background. Mm -hmm. We want to bring the TV industry here. We want to bring the streamers. We want to bring um, that residual, uh, you know, element right, that doesn't right. exist that here sense. yet. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That now you're saying it because with film, it's like it's one and done. Yeah, but yeah, TV. Well, and you got to think about the season state one, of the world right, right, when right. when when yeah. this conversation happened. Like it was it was good fortune that. You know, I mean, it was a scary time, you know, and we're a city that that was in the middle of such an enormous upswing. You know, we had so much momentum and suddenly, you know, our thunder was at the forefront of like the entire globe shutting down. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, what's going to happen was very much on everyone's mind. And the reality is like this building is in the middle of the city. And there wasn't anything that could be done with it because of the new convention center. So when we sat down with the city, um, you know, there was this moment of like, hey, not only do we have an idea for that building, it's an idea that is akin to what you did across the street with the Thunder. We're going to bring another globally recognized, exciting industry Mm -hmm. to Oklahoma City. And then everything stopped. And so the only thing, the only conversations anybody was having was pandemic, oil and gas going below zero. Yeah. Or yeah. us, you know, and, and, and this idea that we And this had. was fun to talk about. And this, this was exciting. This was fun. This was, it was hopeful. Yeah. Um, and, and Rachel and I, you know, because the world shut down. I mean, I, I spent the previous year, I was in 17 countries on six continents doing like travel journalism. I'd made a documentary about storm chasers. Like I was doing exciting things. This stopped all of that. Rachel's auditions process stopped. You probably right. couldn't and have so, done this yeah. had all of those other things been going on. You wouldn't we, have had the time. Right. We had, no, the, we I had the idea. fresh off the boat yeah. in, and literally in uh, February, got an offer for a Netflix series that I'd have to move back to Los Angeles um, for at least four or five months. And that would have been, every, like that would have consumed me for four or five months. We wouldn't have been able to do any of this. So this is sort of crazy because this has me thinking about that we were, I don't know what we were talking about this on, on the recording, but that obviously the bombing. And then we were talking about Katrina being mm-hmm. sort of catalyst for growth in Oklahoma city. And right. in a way the pandemic, the pandemic has also mm-hmm. been a catalyst yeah. for growth here. I mean, yeah. because this really wouldn't have happened. I mean, it had, it had to take the two of you who had the time were Oklahomans had yeah. been in LA, totally understood that industry had both come back to Oklahoma and then had the time. And none of those things would have happened. I mean, obviously yeah. we, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. And, and I, well, we talked have. about Carrie with Carrie Watkins about hope and about how Oklahomans have a real ability to turn 
tragic situations into hopeful situations. And this is just one more story about that being the case. I mean, it was a really a perfect storm. Yeah. I mean, we, it's funny when you put, when you put it in that context, I guess that's right. No, it's Um, true. I I hadn't entirely thought of it that way, but you know, for us, like it, it is just kind of what you do. I mean, when, you know, we, when you haven't, when, you know, fate puts an opportunity in front of you and you have the existing skill set. like that is the answer, you know? And so we ran at it and, and, you know, um, just, we told our story over and over and over again. And, and it's been, what's been amazing is, is the community support kind of around this and the mm-hmm. leadership support around this. And then the state support around this, you know, we get emails from everywhere, you know, even surrounding states, you know, people trying to figure out how to be a part of this. And, um, it does feel like everyone's cheering you on. Well, but I mean, also you really have does. to like on the other side of the coin, you took, this could have been a huge blemish in downtown. Let's yeah. be honest. A huge, yeah. abandoned old convention center in the middle of downtown. And you, yeah, exactly. Pretty depressing. Yeah. It mm-hmm. could have been terrible. Like, Reminiscent it, of what it was like exactly, 20 or 30 exactly. years ago. Yeah. And so I think you guys, as much as yes, you have the support, it's kind of like, no duh, because you're taking this amazing space that could have been really awful and making it into something cool. And now we're going to have people who want to come see it, right? Yeah. And, and it's in the perfect location because exactly. if you had a warehouse out yeah. in Yukon, you wouldn't have the infrastructure. No. This is really a draw because you have oh all gosh. the hotels, we you have all have the restaurants. in Oklahoma City. <laughs> oh, Emmy, this, this could be, you could really be in heaven if uh, there was paparazzi yes. here. People will be like having go. lunch and they'll be like, oh, I saw someone will move down across the street into so Prairie Surf. And you'll be like so excited. Actually, if they're a big star, they'll park into the garage and come up, right? I mean, we'll never see him. They'll, pull, they'll pull right onto the stage. Yeah, they'll pull <laughs> yeah, right onto the stage. They'll put their helicopter on top of the building. Exactly. Well, see, and that's maybe they'll love to come here just because... And that's... I remember, like, talking to Thunder players and people, mm-hmm. and they loved coming here because the anonymity, right? I mean, yep. people here don't freak out. I mean, yes. I do, but... <laughs> but quietly. <laughs> quiet. Yeah, no, I would never no, freak no. out to their faces. Some people you might be. You might. Um, We're respectful of respectful. people's privacy. And nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, people here are so kind. Like, yeah. I think people would drop off gifts to their hotel room and it would be like out of like, we want, we were so excited you're here. Not like, I want to meet you and be your friend. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like a different vibe for. Well, that's, we've been um, flying in these executives the past few weeks, um, studio heads to let them kind of see the space and um, to learn more about Oklahoma. And you can tell like their guard goes down after a little bit. Cause at first, you know, they're coming in to see the space and then everybody's like smiling at them on the streets as they're walking past and they're like, (laughs) what is going on? Like, it just has a they probably bit. think you planted those people yeah. to smile yeah, at them. Like, that wasn't really an that was it? And they're like, everybody's so nice here, you know? And then their guard starts to like let down a little bit. And you see that there's a little bit of a Mayberry quality that still exists here that, that just doesn't in other places. And that it's genuine. Like people are genuinely nice and they are respectful of your privacy and of what you're doing. And um, you just don't get that in a lot of other places. You don't get it in Atlanta. You don't get it in New Mexico. Like all these other places that have popped up as production hubs, we offer something different and we are unique. And we know that once people come in and experience that, they're going to want to stay. That's interesting. I never thought about it. The new, I would, I would think New York and LA, right? I mean, those would well, be. Well, that's obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Those are obvious, but I didn't think about like Atlanta or any of the newer places as well, not being quite as respectful of like yeah. that, that privacy or those boundaries. Yeah. And it's one more piece is sort of in the sales process that you guys don't even have to manufacture, right? I right. mean, it exists. It's yeah. there. Yeah, exactly. It's authentic. It's real. Yeah. And they get it in the and, restaurants. They get it yeah. in the Uber. They get it. it yeah. No other city go. can replicate that. No, it's true. 
and you can't count on it. You know what I mean? Like, no, you're right. You, you don't know who's going to wait who's, tables. Mm-mm. You don't know who's going to pick them up at the airport. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you you yeah. couldn't possibly control it if you wanted to. Mm-mm. But at the same time, it's something that is so common here. Right. It is the norm. So when you hear that they're having great experiences like that, they're shocked by it. You're like, yeah. And I think it, it's you know, Obama. it's it's, <clears throat> it's been described as Mayberry, but th- there's a little bit of describing it as Mayberry that makes it sound naive. Right. I think, right. Exactly. The thing about Oklahoma is like, oh, it's, sure. it, it's, it's, it's Mayberry, but it's Mayberry that is substantive underneath mm-hmm. it. Like is like, you go back to like, why is Oklahoma, why are Oklahomans the way that we are? I yes. like to go back to Kerry Watkins and the bombing, like go back to the experiences we've had with tornadoes, you know, the, the ups and downs of oil and gas. Like yeah. we're mm-hmm. a, we are a community that knows the sort of depths of like, of suffering, you know, totally. like, and we know how to pull ourselves out of it. And I think that kindness comes because it, it, it stems from empathy yeah. um, and, and authenticity, you know, we, um, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's what people really respond to is, is that they come to a place and look, Oklahoma is organically, authentically Oklahoma. There's mm-hmm. no, there's no faking it here. Yeah. And, no. and that's what I think makes Oklahoma so cool. Yeah, I agree. So kind of one of our first final questions is, Oklahoma City in 10 years, Prairie Surf Media in 10 years, and yourselves, like, where, what do you see happening? What are your hopes? What are the goals? You know, things like that. Yeah. I, you know, I, for us, you know, um, we we want, obviously, we want this building full, and we want it full with films and television series, preferably, um, that that are exciting and definitively Oklahoma. And and in 10 years, we hope that the shows that are getting, or I speak for myself, that, that are getting made here are definitively Oklahoma shows. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. we don't want to service other people's productions. Ultimately, we want to be creating in some capacity our own. Um, I, I would love to see this building, you know, this company expanding, you know, like, I'd like to see 10 sound stages on a piece of land, but, but really like perpetuating that Oklahoma voice. You know, I hope that that's, I, I hope that's the future of this company. I mean, you would like to get a studio audience. You would never have to sell tickets. I think people would just come. <laughs> they would. It is my dream. It will happen. It's have a studio audience. audience. Oh, can Amy, have can Amy and I be in the studio? Oh my gosh. We'll laugh and Every cheer. Every week. Um, the, I mean, my, my vision for this company and for where this goes, um, you know, we've talked about it a lot, but it's creating a tailgate party experience for the entertainment industry. And Oklahoma does tailgate parties like nothing you've ever experienced. And when people come in and they get a taste of that, whether it's the Thunder or the Hornets or, you know what I mean? Like they come in and they're just like, whoa, Oklahoma fans are different. You know what I mean? They show up and they rally and they mean it. Mm -hmm. And, I want the entertainment industry to be able to experience that on on our side, Mm -hmm. you know, like I want a live audience to be able to come in and be part of the show. Like that is, they're a character in it. And to be able to bring that experience, something that I deeply loved for 20 years in Los Angeles, to be able to do that here and to be able to do something that um, not only creates this Hollywood enclave, you know what I mean? Where it's like, okay, Oklahoma, stay out. We're going to do this little thing over here. But instead, opening the doors and be like, get in here. Let us show you what it's really about. Let us pull the curtain back and show you um, how TV gets made. And that is just something that I know they've always said multicams only happen in Los Angeles, but I am determined to break that and to bring that here. So, I love that. What about um, yourselves, like in 10 years? 
Um, you know, it's it's funny. Ra- Rachel and I, our our paths in LA were, uh, you know, creatively, we're you know, we're both storytellers. You know, for me, um, you, you know, my background is is on the drama side. You know, um, it's less about um, being specific about the kinds of shows we want here, but that like I would like to just be leading the space and sort of creating substantive things. You know, I go back to. Um, my experience as a creator and I go back to my experience as a teacher. Um, and I think a lot about where my frustration was in Oklahoma. And I think about like, would I define my experience in LA as a successful one? Um, and I, I think I have a pretty successful resume, but I would not say holistically it was because of the fact that I felt so sort of encumbered by all the sort of layers of, of production and for me, what I would like is like, I, I want to clear a path so that when I think about the the feeling of completion that I had when I started making documentaries here and knowing like, you know, you get that Emmy nomination, you get that, you know, it airs on the TV, you go, that's mine. Um, I want to create that, you know, I would like for personally to be in that space. But what I would really like is to make sure that like I'm creating those opportunities for others. You know, I think about a 20 year old Matt Payne and I think about like, how do I make sure that like that Matt Payne has enough like bumps and nicks like Rachel talks about where it's like, don't let's not give things away here, Yeah, but let's, let's create a pathway for filmmakers to get to make good content in, in a higher quality um, and in more quantity. So that like, ultimately like Oklahoma's, generating the best filmmakers in the country, if not the world. That, that yeah. That's where I, I'd really like that. us And they to have up. been for a long time. They've just all left. So right. Right. That's right. how do we totally. keep them here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And how do you provide them the opportunity that you were sort of talking about, you know, in LA, you're saying you kind of get stuck in a, in a path, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what you loved about here is the opportunities to not get stuck in that path. Yeah. And how do you perpetuate that for generations to come so that it doesn't become LA? Yeah. What do you... What do you do along the way to... It's so interesting. I think the difference is like, um, I got stuck in a path, but I loved my path. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't want to do anything else. I didn't want to do movies. I didn't want to do... I didn't want to do dramas and procedurals and all that. Like, I loved the the space that I carved out. And the only reason that I stopped doing it is the pandemic. Like, we were... Mm -hmm. I, I was still going back and forth and being able to do that. The goal was just to be able to bring it here and c- to continue to be able to do it here. Um, but I, I do think that there is the opportunity to build something so much larger here in Oklahoma because um, Oklahomans have, we've always been ambitious. We've Definitely. always dreamed so far above and beyond the norm. And we've not been like, I think it's that we're not afraid to fall down and to fail forward. And I think just as a, as a culture, like we, we have been knocked down so many times, but the things that are designed to stop us never have. And so I think it gives you this, um, this courage in a way that, well, if that didn't stop me, this isn't going to stop me. You know what I mean? Like, we'll just figure it out. And the way that Matt and I have built this business every step of the way, I mean, I don't know if you guys caught on, but at the, it, you know, building a studio was not in either of our backgrounds, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it was something to where we were just like, let's figure it out. Um, we could either write a script or we could build a studio. And if we build that studio, we can write scripts for we generations. Can write hundreds yeah. of scripts. Right. Yes. It, it becomes endless, the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so it was, all right, well, let's just go figure that out. And we did. And we partnered with the most prolific um, architects and um, 
you know, just consultants that do this for a living. And what we've learned over the last two years is now we do know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we have learned this industry and bringing in a lot of these executives, we have also learned that we know as much, if not more than they do. Because we we are speaking that language so constantly that um, it, it has just become something that we know that in five years, in 10 years, the the landscape for the next generation of filmmakers will be a different one. And that's something that we're really proud of. Well, and you can adjust to it, right? I mean, yeah. it sounds like you guys are open, whereas mm-hmm. before it might have been a little bit more closed. And now yeah. it's kind of a moving target, right? Okay, that takes me yeah. to our final, yes. final question. Okay. You guys are hosting, you have been hosting executives for the yes. past few weeks. I know you have been for the past two years, but right. I'm sure the past few weeks has really been to be able to show them something for real. Where do you take them? What do you show them about Oklahoma? Obviously, you come to Prairie Surf Media first. Mm-hmm. Where else do they go? Yeah, what's what, your what are your, how do you show like, off the what's city? What's your perfect day in OKC for a visitor? You know, honestly, it has been, it's customized for each person. So where they're staying downtown somewhere. So whether it's 21C or Cold Court or the Omni, like we find a place that is, is close down here so that they can see the walkability. You walk them over? Um, Well, they check in, there's like a welcome basket and then they walk over. Um, So we have somebody meet them, but we want them to experience the walkability of of downtown. Um, And then we pick different restaurants based on kind of who they are and what they think, what we think they would enjoy. Um, And it's, you know, a meeting with the mayor or a senator or the governor or like who are the people that they want to know, is this incentive real? Because that is the question. Is just because you put it on Instagram, they don't they don't believe it just from that. <laughs> or in the paper, or on podcasts, yeah. or they just yeah. need to poke a hole in it uh-huh. a little bit to yeah. be like, uh-huh. how real is the yeah, city and state leadership right. support? Because that's something that you know they need to know that that is unshakable. And so I think that's been really impressive. We had you know an executive here last week from Stars, and we sat him down with Roger Thompson from Appropriations in the Senate, and he goes, in all of my trips that I have ever been, nobody has ever sat me down with a Senator. That was so impressive. You know, he was just like the accessibility of Senator Mm -hmm. Thompson, like, you know, talking to him about the industry and their support and everything. He was just so wowed by that. Obviously, you know, Roger knocks it out of the park, but you know what I mean? Like the accessibility of that. And so I think it's a lot of the different restaurants and the things that we have loved. Um, So we haven't taken them to Chili's, you know, we take, thank them you to- so much. I, have to thank, I really appreciate <laughs> that. Where, where do you, Rock. we take them to the Metro. We take them to uh, mahogany, mahogany, Tourette, Jones assembly. Yeah. You know, we, we, we like to show the whole city, you know, what it's fun to take them to the lake, you know, and do, and do a lunch there and then drive through the neighborhoods, you know, yeah. from all, you know, kind of trace our way through uh, Nichols Hills and then Crown Heights and down Western and yeah. th- through the Paseo midtown yeah. downtown, you yeah. know, you walk them, you just let them, you let them see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Show them the city. Like they're only here for a day. So they're only like, here for a day. It's quick. Yeah. It's, it's gotta be quick. And there's a lot of work to talk about. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's like, what are a couple of highlights that really show them as a first trip? do you want to come back? Um, And so it's been a lot of that. Okay. Okay, You guys, thank you so much. I know that you were like the very first people on our list when we started the podcast and we're so happy. It really has been, you said, let's wait till we get the deal signed and you got it signed and here we are. And so we really appreciate it. Congratulations. We can't wait to be extras on some of these TV shows. Or to provide all the wardrobe. (laughs) Yes. We'll provide the wardrobe. Okay. Bye you guys. guys. Have a great day. Bye. 
Thank you so much for joining us today. We truly appreciate your listening to these stories. You can find us on Instagram at ActionCityOKC or for business inquiries, email us at hello at actioncityokc.com. Action City is produced by Blackened Studios. You can find the studio on Instagram and Facebook at Blackened Studios. Creative services provided by Ranger Creative. Music written and performed by Kansas City Bankroll. Bankroll.